Big Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more. I'm here sitting in the atrium waiting for my taxi to come and pick me up. I've finished my treatment um, and I'm waiting to go home. So I've had a good day. I'm a little bit tired, but I'm not too bad, actually. Um, it wasn't a very long day. I only had to leave my apartment this morning at half past eight, so I had no scans. Anyway, uh, the good news is that I was on the full amount of the immunotherapy drug M7824 today. So today I got the full dose. Um, I've only ever had one other full dose of the drug at the very beginning when I started, and he, that was to cover me for a month while he was waiting for uh, approval to come to give me a half a dose. So um, I'm not sure how I'm going to react. I think I'll be fine because at this stage I've built up quite a tolerance to the drug, so I think I'll be fine. But fingers crossed, please all your prayers and your candles lighting that I won't have any reaction or any bad reaction really I suppose to being on the full amount um, really what they're looking at for is bleeding if I have a bleed um, it means there's a um, damage to my bladder and I'll have to come off the drug and go back down again and I really need to be on the full dose of this now for the next few weeks before he will let me go home in July so fingers crossed Right, well that was Vicky Phelan hoping to come home to Limerick. She's in the US at the moment giving an update on her latest treatment of the trial drug Pembro 2.0 and when it comes to treating cancer it seems that every week, every month more and more advances are being made and that's why ahead of International Clinical Trials Day the charity Cancer Trials Ireland is encouraging those undergoing treatment to ask their medical professionals what trials might be available to them. So to tell us all about uh, that, we have uh, Professor Linda Coat uh, from the University Hospital Limerick Group and Limerick patient Peter McNamara, and you are both very uh, welcome. Um, so, um, Linda, you know, clearly people, when they hear trials, might think to themselves, oh, I prefer someone else to have a go at that before I do yeah. it. But, you know, they're, sometimes it's a necessary option, isn't it? So, yeah, I mean, you're, so you're bringing up a really great point. Um, that is exactly what people think. So people think, oh, I don't want to be the guinea pig. And someone else not try that before me or, um, uh, you know, will sort of think about how they might modify the trials to their own needs. But really, we really, really, really need trials because trials ask a fundamental question. They ask us um, whether in their most simple form, whether this drug is better than doing nothing at all, and then um, in, a, in a group of people. And then we translate the results of that highly, highly, highly sort of um, looked after and observed people. And we translate those results and it becomes what we call clinical practice. So there is nothing that you do. There is no pill that you take that has a license. Um, there is no chemotherapy that we give. There is um, nothing that you can buy in the chemist that hasn't gone through this process. So it's, it's how we check that things are safe for people. So it's a really, really important process. And I think sometimes it gets lost a little bit. People think that it's, it's somehow more scientific or, or scarier than it is, when really it's, 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 a, it's an ongoing process of, of uh, drug development, trying to get drugs uh, to people and improve the range of treatments that we have, in particular for cancer. Yeah, and, and ironically, it's part of the debate that we've heard uh, around the COVID-19 vaccine, exactly. haven't we? Of course, and I think, you know, that's been very helpful for those of us who work in clinical trials. I think it's it's maybe 
um, sort of make clinical trials a little bit more real. Um, people understand uh, to a degree, you know, that, that clinical trials are a necessary thing. And that is to keep us all safe and to make sure that drugs are doing what they're supposed to be doing and that they're not doing some things they're not supposed to be doing. And if they are, can we do anything about that? You know, so I, I think the COVID-19 sort of clinical trial parts of the, the sort of publicity about that has been very, very helpful to the clinical trial community. As part of our ongoing, uh, so we're, of course, at UHL in the clinical trials unit, taking part in the National Cancer uh, Clinical Trials sort of uh, Just Ask campaign. We work year-round, though. So uh, we have just put in um, a grant to the HRB. Fingers crossed, we hope it's successful. The, the, uh, that's, that's to fund our region. So here at UHL, the 400,000 people who, who come to UHL for treatment for their cancer. And um, that is to, to have somebody to, to help us to sort of publicise what we do in clinical trials and to try to make it more accessible, to involve people of different ages, you know, to, to see what, what goes on in clinical trials so that, so that they become less of a mystery and they become less scary and and therefore more equitable. Yes, we're chatting to Professor Linda Coate of uh, the uh, University Hospital Limerick. Uh, she's a consultant in cancer treatment and uh, Limerick patient Peter McNamara is on the line as well as I mentioned. Uh, he has uh, had prostate cancer. Um, he was diagnosed in 2011. Good morning to you, Peter. Hi, Joe. Good morning to you as well. So talk to me about trials then and what all of that means. <laughs> Well, I have to echo what, what uh, Linda said um, about the trial and being it's, it's, it's so necessary. Um, I had the uh, treatments back in 2012, the operation, but unfortunately my um, what's called the PSA count, which is what tells you what level or whether you have prostate cancer or not, that kept increasing. And so um, luckily I was um, attending an oncologist um, in Dublin at the time, and he suggested the trial. Um, so I jumped at the chance because it seemed to me to be uh, an excellent way of trying to um, uh, get better treatment and possibly have a resolution to, to, to the cancer that I've got. Right. And is this uh, the drug that, to some extent, Vicky Phelan has made famous, Pembro? Yes, yes. Exactly that. And, and of course, when I heard that it was the same drug, then I was encouraged that, hey, this is something good. It hadn't been tried for my type of cancer before. Um, so that, that's what this is all about. Right. And how's it been going? Uh, great. <laughs> I, I had it in combination with uh, chemo treatment um, in the last uh, six or eight months. And the results so far have been really encouraging. So I'm I'm optimistic, uh, really hopeful that uh, it will have a beneficial effect for me. What about side effects? Um, <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they're not great. I, I could have done without the loss of appetite and the tingling in your toes and all that sort of stuff and and the tiredness. Um, but you know the, the the results, the outcome is well worth it. And you are an example of someone living with cancer because, as I mentioned, you were diagnosed in 2011. Yes, I mean, a long time ago, and I'd hoped that um, following the procedure that that would be the end of it, but regrettably not. And so it, it was necessary when the trial came along, it seemed like a really heaven-sent opportunity to try something different. And what were you doing between uh, the operation and the initial treatment and this more recent trial then? Uh, 
Uh, right. Well, I was attending an oncologist as head of Professor McDermott in, in, in Dublin, and um, he was prescribing various um, hormone treatments, um, that type of thing. I had a course of radiology at UHL um, a couple of years ago, but it, it wasn't really doing it wasn't really doing much. So the when the trial came along and that with the chemo, it's had a very positive effect so far. Mm. And I suppose the point, uh, Professor Cote, is that um, you know a lot of cancers now are cancers that people live with in the medium to long term, the way Peter has. Absolutely. So, you know, cancer is no longer the harbinger of death. Um, years ago, it was the cancer gets your affairs in order and very, very negative sort of diagnosis. Whereas most of my patients anyway are patients who maybe a little bit sick in the short term, but mostly are living their lives back to work and they're mostly living with a cancer diagnosis in, in a way where they're, they're actually going to live longer than patients who, for instance, might have got a diagnosis the same week of, of very uncontrolled diabetes or uh, kidney disease. You know, so it's turned into, not in all cases, but it has turned into a chronic illness for many. And um, so the way, that, the way that we treat patients like this it's more and more important that quality of life is extremely well focused on when we develop trials and when we develop drugs like, like the, the trial that, that Peter is on. It's extremely important because people, uh, our, our patients are on these drugs for a very long time um, and, and that is in order for them to have the best possible life for as long as possible. Mm. And that's, that's our aim for all of our patients. Right. Well, International Clinical Trials Day happens on the 20th of May. And uh, uh, Peter, I I assume that, well, I mean, you seem pretty active anyway. You're involved in yacht racing, you run festivals, you're involved with the management of the Valencia Island um, Lighthouse. Would you say to people listening, don't be afraid to at least have the conversation with your doctor about it? I couldn't agree more, Joe. It's it's exactly that. If you start talking about it, um, share the problem, you'll find help is there, but you've got to ask for it. So this campaign, Just Ask, is really brilliant. And uh, when you do ask, you will be amazed at, at how, how much support and, and help there is um, to, to get you through it. And as Linda just said, the, 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 the trial and the whole treatment process looks after both extension of life and also quality of life. So, you know, you're in the right hands. Yeah. And of course, Professor, you know, people will be very upfront, won't they, about these trials, uh, the ups and the downs, um, uh, the risks that are attached to them too. Oh, absolutely. That's absolutely enshrined in the whole practice. So um, the consent form is a very, very detailed, often daunting document, which goes through every little tiny thing that we know might happen and sometimes people get a little bit scared about it. I suppose for Limerick people, this is a Limerick station, so we really need to, to think about this. We need more funding for our cancer trials unit. Um, we only got €60,000 from the government last year. There has been some more interest politically about cancer research funding, seeing how important it is through COVID, I guess. The previous minister pledged to increase the funding uh, and didn't. Um, the current minister has pledged to increase funding and we're hopeful about that. We've just submitted a grant to the HRB but for instance, you know, one, one hospital in Dublin might expect to get 10 times the amount of support for clinical trial work that we get to serve the whole of our 
catchment area, 400,000 people. And we think that's a little bit unfair. And, uh, you know, hopefully that will be redressed in, in the very short-term future. But but if, if anybody um, is interested, they need to look up uh, cancertrials.ie. They're interested in, in the, what I feel is those disproportionately funded uh, clinical trials things, I suppose, get on to your local representative. Um, and there's mm-hmm. a very important um, patient-focused um, part of the annual or inaugural uh, cancer trials retreat, which is, a, of course, like everything else, an online event. We hope to make it live next year. Because um, we do like to always have our precious patient advocates like Peter uh, front and centre, because our mm-hmm. patients are front and centre for everything we do. And um, if people want to, are interested, if they log on to cancertrials.ie, they can register uh, to participate uh, in the patient okay. portion of the cancer uh, retreat. And if anyone doesn't think that funding is important and focus when it comes to medical research, well then just look at what they've done when it comes to uh, the coronavirus and how exactly. quickly exactly. vaccines were developed when it became essential around the world, yeah, not just in Ireland. And, you know, we, and we've done really well in Emirates. We've done 33 trials since I was appointed. Um, you know, so that's a significant number of trials. Um, so we're very, very experienced. I'm a, a formerly trained clinical trialist. So is my colleague, Greg Corpanti. Uh, Ruth Clifford, who's a hematologist, is also extremely interested. And we're getting to that critical mass of, of very interested consultants. And, you know, this, this is a real passion for us. It's a real passion of mine. It's not something that's, you know, built into our contract. It's not financially financially incentivized. We're given no time to do it. We're fighting to get time to give it the attention it deserves. Um, because it's really important. It's, yeah. it's, it's the marker of any quality cancer centre is that there would be a quality clinical trial centre embedded within it. Very good. All right. Well, it is a great cancer centre. There's no question about that in overall terms. And thank you very much, Professor Linda Coate, a consultant medical oncologist at University Hospital Limerick and a patient here in Limerick who tried the Pembroke trial and it's going well for him. Peter McNamara, thank you very much for your time as well. Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. Let's talk business with Ford Lease. Hassle-free vehicle leasing. Search Ford Lease to find out more.